0: This is Kiki QT. You're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Rosterwatch Nation. Welcome back to the epic rosterwatch podcast. Brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap. I am here today with the disgusting trash man. Trash Man. What the hell's going on, brother? Uh, not too much. Kinda riding a high right now. I got to go see the Smashing Pumpkins
1: the other night and got to meet Jimmy Chamberlain, who's one of my favorite all-time drummers. One of their guys, one of my main inspirations.
0: Did you get to so meet Billy? That. Did you get to meet Billy Corgan? Everybody always talks about what a cocksucker he is in real life.
1: No, nah, he didn't come out backstage. I'm not I got surprised. To go back, <laughs> <laughs> I got to go backstage, and everybody else came out except for him. Apparently, he was eating, which isn't surprised me. He's gotten a little hefty in his in his older age.
0: Does he still have that kind of? Does he still have that kind of geeky uh, little geeky little Billy Corgan voice?
1: I mean, he still sounds like Billy Corgan for sure. It I mean, tr- he only sounds like that when he's singing, though.
0: Is it true that they played mostly all the stuff from Siamese Dream and all their good music?
1: Yeah, they played—literally they played for three hours. Like, over 30 songs. It was crazy.
0: Well, did, did the lead singer give a shit? I mean, did Billy Corgan give a shit? Because I know there was that period of time where people complained that he was just totally mailing it in on his live concerts, his huge money grabs.
1: No I mean it it seemed like they were putting it all in I mean it it definitely was one of the better shows I've seen in a long time Um, Yeah they were definitely making an effort It was a great stage show Great lighting Great backing videos And I don't know Billy sounded great Jimmy sounded amazing as usual They even had James E. Eaw He came on for this tour Which I was surprised
0: to see is Kiki Q no. is, is, is T putting it all in on Braxton Miller and he's going to send him shipping off, sit, sit him shipping off in, in, in Houston? I know you were at Braxton Miller's Pro Day. Uh, you told me that he, that he dresses like a, uh, like a uh, very Columbus, Ohio version of the trash man himself with some very nice clothes. What, what do you see happening with Braxton Miller in the slot wide receiver position there in Houston? We know that Kiki Q T out of Tech... Quite a good. I mean, that guy was quite a quite a player in college.
1: I mean, well, in Houston, they've been uh, complimenting his work ethic. It seemed like with Braxton Miller, I mean, at least watching his pro day and just you know talking to him a little bit after, he I didn't he didn't seem that hungry for it. I don't know. He seemed a little bit blasé about it all, um, which is you know something coming from someone like myself. But uh, Kiki Q T, he's been. Um, He's been running routes really sharply. He's, you know, DeAndre Hopkins has been praising his work ethic. Um, he's been catching the ball smoothly. He's going to so take his job. It looks like there's a good chance that he'll do that. I, think he's pro- I mean, I think he's faster than Braxton Miller.
0: Is he worth a fourth-round rookie pick in, in, in Dynasty Leagues for sure? Uh, that's debatable. You don't think he's worth a fourth-round pick in, in dynasty rookie leagues? <laughs> ah,
1: sure, why not? Sure, why not? I mean, I don't know what it's. I just don't know about the consistency that we're going to see out of him, you know. And that's kind of what I. That's 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 my main. And it's not even that he's not worth a fourth-round pick. It's just that if you're going to pick somebody like that who has a high upside, I almost would rather pick somebody who has a lower upside, but I know is going to get you know consistent action so that i'm not worrying about you know whether i have to put him in or not every week
0: i mean i guess i guess that's true but i i would think that when you're picking those guys with your fourth round rookie picks those are generally throwaway picks anyway don't you want to get a guy that has the opportunity to maybe be a guy that can get, get you those monster weeks every now and then kiki QT is basically Everything that well, I mean, I know it's not saying much at this point, but he's kind of like a Tavon Austin coming in. Tavon didn't end up doing much in his career, at least thus far. We don't know what's going to happen, you know, next down in or I guess up in Dallas. But I mean, Kiki QT was that kind of weapon in the Big 12. You, I mean, you don't see any chance for, I mean, in a Deshaun Watson offense. I'm not sure that I know that what Will Fuller did last year is unsustainable, and I think that. You know, in the Deshaun Watson offense, if they can get that thing going once Deontay Foreman gets back, and if they can build that offensive lineup a little bit, and they can all grow with Deshaun Watson, I, I think that some of the young players on that team can be really good dynasty assets down the road. And I think that I, I honestly, I think the Kiki Q T is a, I don't think I know. That's a that's a premium skill position player.
1: I mean, yeah, I I think he'll have a lot more value in leagues that. um Score for return yardage.
0: But how often does that shit really even help? We it it always say uh, it kind uh, well, of you
1: know, I mean, puts you over the top a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, fourth round rookie, rookie draft pick, yeah, Kiki QT worth it. I just don't foresee you really using him that much necessarily. But, you know, like I said, he's got the upside, so he, he's, he's, he's worth a shot. Definitely, he's definitely, he's definitely somebody a trash man will sniff around on now
0: you can, and then. You can get a pro membership at rosterwatch.com for less than a cheap cup of coffee, only three dollars and ninety nine cents for the rest of July. When we will be raising prices at the end of July, so if you want to get grandfathered in at that three ninety nine price please go and do so now. We have Trashman that just put up his running back handcuffs tool for our pro members that we're about to start talking about. I've been super busy this week. I've already gotten up our proprietary strength of schedule tool for running backs. The wide receivers tool will be out at some point in the next week. We have our proprietary uh, grades for... Uh, The offensive line units, ranking them 1 through 32, finding out which offensive lines you can depend on and which ones that you should be a little bit wary of uh, as being attached to your fantasy football players. Of course, the scoring distribution sheets, and most importantly, the epic revolutionary roster watch cheat sheets now available in PPR and Superflex with the standard and half-point PPR uh, to be out here within the next week or two, at least before we leave on our Pro Day Tour on August the 1st, or not pro day tour, training camp tour. I'm getting my times of year mixed up on August 1st. So you can get all that as well as access to us in the comments section of any article at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership. Go to rosterwatch.com, get a pro membership today. It will be the best fantasy decision that you have ever made. Don't take my word for it, though. Just go in the comments section and read the testimonials that come there uh, organically from all of our users, or you can go to rosterwatch.com backslash success, Uh, for some of the ones that we've hand-selected for you to see. The 2018 Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet is available now at Rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at Rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The roster watch cheat sheet—an expert-quality draft—is guaranteed. It's magical. It's mystical. It's mythical. The roster watch cheat sheet. It is only at rosterwatch.com. With that being said, Trash Man, let's start talking about this running back handcuff tool. I have it pulled up right now. It's basically one of the simpler tools that we make. It's just a shared Google spreadsheet where uh, you know people have asked if I'm taking a certain player. Should I be handcuffing the guy? And if so, what sort of priority should I put on him? How should I deviate from the cheat sheet to make sure I get my guys handcuffed? Let's talk first about the must-handcuff plays. And some of these, I I think only one of these I disagreed with you on, and I made...
1: I can probably guess who it is.
0: I've made a couple couple changes uh, here to it. And a couple of things, there were a couple of things that I just had to add on because I thought that it was, I thought that it, you know, that we needed to give a little bit of, give give some options to some of these. Like take, for example, Le'Veon Bell. You had him, you had James Conner as a must handcuff. I do agree that Le'Veon Bell is a must handcuff, but I believe that you must handcuff him with either James Conner or, my preference, Jalen Samuels. Why did you not include Jalen Samuels on your initial round of that? Why did you just go with... You know, just James Conner is the handcuff and that's that.
1: Well, I think Samuels is more of a I don't know, he seems more like a passing back to me. <laughs> what do you think
0: Le'Veon Bell is? <laughs> I mean, well, well,
1: Le'Veon, Le'Veon, Bell's a running back who's really good at
0: catching passes. And, well, well he, hey, that—that's not what he'll tell you. Not when he's holding. <laughs> not when he's holding out on his. Not when he's holding out and taking this franchise tag. He does not want to be paid like a running back who's good at catching passes. He wants to be paid like an elite offensive weapon, which he is, and he, that's exactly what Jalen Samuels can be. We forget Jalen Samuels is as big as Le'Veon. He can catch the football as well as any was is, almost any wide receiver in this class. I think that. Jalen Samuels has immense value in Dynasty because I don't think that Le'Veon Bell is going to be there next year. And we've seen that that club, for some reason, likes to funnel all of the activity to one running back. I think the running back that has the skill set most like, I don't think, I know, the running back that has the skill set most like Le'Veon Bell is Jalen Samuels.
1: That's true, but I, I don't know. I see James Conner as more of a, you know, first two down kind of back. And I think he's going to be on the guy, the guy on the goal line. I think he's, the team is confident in him. You know, I you know uh, Jalen Samuels is a, uh, it's a he's a he's a lesser known commodity. Um, I don't disagree with putting him on the putting him on the list there, but I I don't know I don't know yet that he's the must handcuff if Le'Veon Bell goes down.
0: Well, so do, I mean, should James Conner and Jalen Samuels both be might want to handcuff? Should they both be in that tier? Since there's not, I mean, since there's clearly not one that's an absolute clear cut. You got to get this guy? Or do you think you must handcuff with one of those guys and make the decision yourself?
1: I think you must handcuff with one of them.
0: Fair enough. I do think it's Jalen Samuels, for the record. Let's go to the next one David Johnson. Talk about it.
1: David Johnson, his backup, Chase Evans. I mean, the main reason for this. Is because David Johnson a, is such a.
0: There's a lot of good reasons for this.
1: <laughs> well, I said the main reason for it, though, is because David Johnson. You know, he's he hasn't been the healthiest of backs, and he's got and he's got such you know he's such a high volume back. I mean, we saw he only played one game last year. I, I you know, and you don't want to take that kind of chance with him again this year. On a team that you know really. It has a lot of questions in the passing game right now. They're going to depend a lot on the running game, and we know that uh, Steve Wilkes has said Chase Edmonds, you know, he views as a potential every down back.
0: That's. I mean, not, so I, I guess mean, there.
1: Are, y- y- I guess those are multiple reasons.
0: Steve Kimes says that the hit, the, their comparison for Chase Edmonds is so strong he won't even tell the media what it is. <laughs> he thinks it's unfair to say huh. this is the guy who we compare him to. Um, he says just in every aspect of the game, uh, you know, it makes you think that they compare him to a Danian Tomlinson or a Marshall Falk or something like that, and that if anything were to happen to David Johnson, that the absolute plan is that Chase Edmonds walks in and does exactly what they were expecting David Johnson to do. They have that much faith in him. So uh, – They've spelled it out for us. I think out of all these guys, I think, the, I think the David Johnson Chase Edmonds handcuff is probably the easiest one and the one that makes the most sense for two reasons. One, it's been spelled completely out for us that anything that happens to David Johnson, if he's off the field, this is not going to be a committee that comes in. It's not going to be a piecemeal situation. If everything goes according to plan, and, and this is not only the plan of the head coach, but also of the organization, right? They just want Chase uh-huh. Edmonds to come in and be, you know, eighty-five percent of what of what David Johnson is, and if that's the case, you have an automatic RB one on your roster, and you have not lost that much in, you loo- think, in losing David Johnson.
1: You think that's more a more important handcuff than perhaps a Chris Ivory right now?
0: Well, I guess given given LaShawn McCoy's situation, well, let's just go ahead and move on to that one then. What about LaShawn McCoy and Chris Ivory? You classified it as a must-handcuff. I certainly believe it's a must-handcuff as well. Um, maybe at this point it probably is more important because LaShawn McCoy's legal matter is still largely up in the air. Jesus, I would like there to be at least some statement from LaShawn McCoy or some kind of... Um, I just—I was telling Byron the other week or last week on the pod. It seems like he needs to be doing some PR work. Byron said, "Why? Who cares about the court of public opinion?" And I said, "Who cares about the court of public opinion? Roger Goodell, who's the judge, <laughs> jury, and fucking executioner cares? You know, so like I'm—I'm uh, I'm getting a little bit worried about LeSean McCoy, and I do think that Chris Ivory is every bit as important a handcuff as as." Uh, chase edmonds is to david johnson the one thing you could say to maybe argue that chase edmonds is a more important handcuff is that at this point in time LaShawn mccoy is slipping so far in drafts due to the uncertainty you know swimming around him that you're not insuring as premium a an item as you would have been before the news broke out about shady with with that being said you are insuring a very distressed asset which makes the insurance all the more valuable so well, it's, the- it's pretty hard to – it's pretty I – th- I think as I look over – let me just look over it. As I look over it, those are by far the two most important. Well, and the thing
1: – also, considering Buffalo – I mean, they run the ball more than any other team in the league. Yeah, you know? but,
0: I, yeah but I just did our offensive line rankings, and Buffalo is by far the, they have the worst offensive line in the league based <laughs> on all of our metrics <laughs> and all the advanced metrics available to us from everybody else. They are just, from side to side, they are just fucking miserable, and I just wonder how often they're going to be in scoring position. And what if they have to get Josh Allen out there? Maybe that will mean more running. I don't know. Yeah, like I mean, how I effective think, I think is the it, running going to be? I don't,
1: think, I don't think there's a situation where they're not going to be running the ball a lot. I mean, and, you know, maybe they won't score that much, but he'll get the opportunities. Whoever's whoever's in that backfield is going to get the opportunities. He's going to get the carries.
0: Whenever I look at some of these other ones in the must handcuff section of the tool, and ag- mean, again, some- ag- ag- again, you can find all these tools that we're talking This is just one tool of... Uh, dozens that'll be coming out this month, and of course, all the cheat sheet products, all the in-season tools at RosterWatch.com. Get grandfathered in right now with that low, low, three ninety-nine pittance of a price that we were able to get by on for the first uh, six to seven years of our existence. You can get, still get grandfathered in through the uh, end of July be, be, before we have to raise that thing up. RosterWatch.com. Jerrica McKinnon, you know, you listed Matt, you listed Matt Breida as a might want to handcuff. Uh, Tier, and I just think if you take Jerick McKinnon, it's another thing where you just got where you just got have to handcuff him with with Matt Breida. If he gets hurt, it feels like Matt Breida is going to step basically into you know eighty five to ninety percent efficiency yield um, of, of of production there as a handcuff. And with Jerick McKinnon, it's not like he's been a guy who we've seen you know hold up for you know, 300 touches on a season really ever. You know? I mean, well,
1: you know, aside from his rookie year where, you know, he just didn't get a lot of action, he's only missed one game in three seasons.
0: Yeah, but we haven't Right, but we have never seen Jarek McKinnon stick stick well, it out we, through yeah, volume. We've never, we,
1: well, we've never had to... We never, he's never really needed to. I mean, he's never been that kind of... He's never been relied upon as much as he probably will be now.
0: I like it that he's put on weight I like it that he's starting to look body-wise a little bit like Devontae Freeman looked in his second year after he put on about seven or so pounds to get from that 208-ish, that more 213, 214-ish. I I love the way that Jarek McKinnon looks like that. I am not one of these guys who says that his current ADP at the end of the second round is starting to creep up to where it's too high. I still think you can get excellent value on Jarek McKinnon if you can get him to pick 2.09 or later in in 12-team PPR leagues. With that being said... I do think that since you can get Matt Breida for free, why not why not handcuff Jarek McKinnon? Because there are a couple of small, you don't agree that there are a couple of small small worries. You know, the fact that he has never really been in this sort of featured role, the fact that he we've never seen whether or not that body can hold up to volume. Um, None of that, none of that bothers you. I mean, none of that uh, clearly it bothers you because you said might want a handcuff, but you don't think that Matt Breed is a must handcuff for Jared McKinnon. Or do you agree with me now that you've thought about it? That you think I'm right?
1: Uh, I would. I would definitely. You know. We were more willing to consider him a Mustang. Oh, and I think just because you can get him so
0: cheaply. It's so cheap. You can get it with the very last. It's the cheapest insurance you can buy almost out of all these guys.
1: Yeah, and I guess when I was, you know, when I was making this, I was thinking more about the primary back than I was about, you know, the as much about the availability of the backup where, you know, I think Matt map Matt, Matt Brady will be, you know, widely available. But then, you know, maybe that's a reason that you don't really have to pay that much attention to him too. But I guess because of the volume that McKinnon's getting, um, you know, and the, and this and the San Francisco team, they're going to I think they're going to be pretty good. So, I think that I I think there's going to be a lot of a, a, a lot of a lot of um opportunity for Brady even I don't, even if McKinnon you know, it's playing all the time. I think is, think you know, there's a good chance he's going to get quite a bit of action this season.
0: I put Latavius Murray, you had him as a must handcuff. I moved him to might want to handcuff. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to leave it here for trash man. Maybe Latavius is another one of these guys that you can get 13th round or something like that. Not an expensive handcuff for Dalvin Cook. And he might be a must handcuff. You know, Jarek McKinnon's gone. At this point, right? I, I mean, I mean and, 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 you, and with Dalvin, I mean, Dalvin is coming off a, a, a major injury. Right. Uh, I mean,
1: that was my main reason for it.
0: That's a bad offensive line. It's good. It's uh, – let me look at our offensive line rankings. Of course, these are available to our pro members at rosterwatch.com. It's going um, to
1: be a bad offensive line, but they have, a you know, one, one of the best receiving corps, you know, starting three, I think, in the league teams are going to have to, you know, they're going to keep teams honest in that regard. The, the I, I think third, they're going to... Be,
0: the third worst offensive line in of the National Football League. But, uh,
1: but I think, I think, the, I think, you know, with the with the receiving core being what it is, I, I think Minnesota's going to have a chance to move the ball
0: on the ground. Latavius Murray, I think he's a must-handcuff for Dalvin Cook. I do agree. He was not a must-handcuff last year, and... You still would have loved having Latavius Murray once Dalvin went down, just as a a guy you could have at the back end of your bench uh, to play if you did need him. Let's see. Let's move down the list here a little bit. This is interesting. You called called Deontay Foreman a must handcuff for Lamar Miller. And for me, I just worry that Deontay Foreman is going to start the season on the physically unable to perform list, and then how much is he worth to you as a handcuff?
1: Again, this, I mean, in large part, this was, you know, my, I was tipping my cap to you a little bit, just because I know how much you love Deontay Foreman or have loved him in the past. That's
0: why it feels like bizarro Uh, world.
1: And I was just like, well, you know, I I feel like Alex is probably, you know, going to value Deontay Foreman a little bit more than I probably would uh, coming out of the gate. And I just think again, it's you know Houston. It's going to be a high octane offense. I think whoever's back there is going to get a lot of action. And just Lamar Miller, he's not someone you know that we're really that excited about. And you know Deontay Foreman, yeah, he's he might come in. He might come. He might not come in uh, ready to start the beginning of the season. But I definitely do think he's you know he's heads heads and tails better than the rest of the backs they have there right now. I mean, is there another guy that you that you'd rather um, uh, have in that position?
0: I mean, the only other guy would be Alfred Blue. They kept right, him around. And, um, and but here's if Alfred Blue's the only healthy one, then I would say that Alfred Blue becomes an interesting handcuff option if you're in a deeper league. Uh, I don't think that you can afford to to waste any of your picks on a guy like Alfred Blue if you're in a if you're in a 12 team league where you have to draft a. Uh, you know, 16 rounds of a draft where you have to have a kicker and a defense. You just there aren't enough picks in that draft for you to ever get to a situation where you're sniffing around turds like Alfred Blue. And I I, just, mean, I think Deontay Foreman on the chance that he is ready. And you know what? We're going to get information for you here at Roster Watch on Deontay Foreman. We have a good line to that family, so I'll, I'll find out where Deontay is, and we're going to be able to we're going to be able to suss that thing out earlier than any, anybody else. I just I need to make a note to myself to get on the phone and start kind of start sniffing around this because it is getting to be time Um, well you
1: know you know you know we've seen alpha blue take the reins before you know and it's never been that it's never been worthwhile he sucks he sucks so i mean so i mean for me if it's if foreman isn't the guy i'm not really that interested in investing in that texan's backfield
0: Let's talk about Royce Freeman. And I see, I think this is interesting because you said that Devontae Booker is a must handcuff if you're a Royce Freeman owner. And to me, I'm not, I, I didn't change it because I, I, I don't know. Do you think that that needs to be changed to might want a handcuff? Because if you think about it, we're looking here, if I pull up the ADPs, um, you're get to, to to get a Broncos runner if you're doing it like that, you're gonna have to take Royce Freeman in... what well, we get Royce Freeman in the usually in the seventh round or so right, uh, pick seventy six as far as his ADP and standards so that is um, what I say seventh round it's like maybe even eight you know so that's uh, eight times two, no seven times yeah so you're looking in the mid mid seventh mid seventh for Royce Freeman just about w- what I thought initially and then. Um, and then for Booker, you're looking at spending uh, 118. So you're looking at spending more like a t- – so, so basically to, to get that Denver Broncos situation, to get that running back, you're spending a seventh and a tenth where we're not even sure that – we're not even sure that we think Royce Freeman's the starter because he's the best player and Devontae Booker's not any good. D'Angelo Henderson's not any good. They always say they love Devonte Booker, but he's 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 not any good. Royce Freeman's going to win that job.
1: I mean, but there's I, a good just, chance that he will. I mean, I'm just th- for me, this is what's coming out of Denver camp right now is that Devontae could be a Booker is monster. the starter. And so I feel like if you're investing in one, you should probably invest in the other. And you, you think a seventh
0: c- and a tenth isn't the worst to say? No, it's, I have it's, that it's, thing sewed up, and no matter what happens, I can't get swindled. Exactly. Fair enough. I mean, that makes sense. I don't think that you're, it's just the God in that 10th round. I love getting, you know, I love getting a Robbie Anderson, a CJ Anderson, a Kelvin Benjamin, an Anthony Miller, um, you know, an Alan Hearns, those types of players. I just hate well, having a handcuff Voice free. Well, it,
1: I, think, I think it really comes down to a situation where, you know, maybe you do start drafting, you know, three or four wide receivers. And so then you're looking for potential starting backs there. And I think that's when you know that kind of situation comes into play. If, if
0: you get if you get forced into like an upside down approach where you ha- get get more high end wide receivers early, then I think that does start to make more sense. I think that does start to make more sense because generally in in that spot, I'm honestly look I'm usually honestly looking for my wide receiver four around around then really? A- around the tenth round because I will I will usually have three out of the way. It's usually some mix of like. You know, T. Y. Hilton, Doug Baldwin, Stephon Diggs, Juju Smith, Schuster, Josh Gordon, you know, those those types of players, unless I managed to get an Odell Becker or an AJ Green or something earlier. But some group of three of those guys, and then around Around round 10 or so, that's when I can usually get my Anthony Miller, my Kelvin Benjamin, uh, those kinds of guys. And then through the next couple rounds, you can get your Josh Dawkins your Kenny Galladays, your Christian Kirks, et cetera, et cetera. And generally, I've just kind of liked getting one of those guys as my wide receiver four there. That's how I kind of feel most comfortable with the construction of these teams but I do understand sometimes you fall into situations where you have to take an upside down approach and in doing so then I think it would make perfect sense to you know definitely handcuff Royce Freeman there uh, with with Devonte Booker especially considering the fact at that point in time you're probably talking about Royce Freeman being a guy that you're going to or at least one of those guys going to be a guy that you're going to want to use in your flex right because that's probably how your team has been set up to that point. Yeah. Okay, and then let's see about the, uh, let me just get the, oh, okay, The here we are. Okay, and then so Ronald Jones, you think you must handcuff him with Peyton Barber. I don't give a shit I, about Peyton Barber.
1: Well, I think it's another situation like the Broncos right there. It's, you know, people are, you know, out of the camps are saying, I mean, Peyton Barber, he's been showing up well, he's been doing well. I mean, we think Ronald Jones is going to be the guy for sure. But, you know, there's a chance that Peyton Barber, you know, he, he he could stick, and and make it you know, and it could be a, a two back backfield. You're not really sure. And the thing is, I think you can get again. You you can get both both of these guys late enough to where it's not really gonna it's not really gonna hurt you too much.
0: You can find all the Trashman's uh, handcuffed tiers at rosterwatch.com uh, using the 2018, uh, Trashman's 2018 running back handcuff tool. You can find that on the ticker at Rosterwatch where you can find all of our premium content for pro members. Rem- remember, sign up for the rest of July. Uh, get in on that early bird. Pro- uh, it's not really early bird. You're like the turd. You guys, are f- if-, if you guys aren't subscribers yet, you guys are like the turd birds. Y'all are the ones who are late to the party. <laughs> To the dirty birds. The, the, yeah, man. So, but you, if you want to be the last of the folks who have the super cheap subscriptions, and that includes the DFS suite, the DFS optimizers, all the NCs season stuff, I'm, I'm telling you, it's the best value there is in fantasy sports, and we guarantee you that you will win. Go to rosterwatch.com, uh, get a pro membership. and So let's just get through the last must, or there's two more must handcuffs. Um, Nick Chubb, you think he's a must handcuff for Carlos Hyde? And I certainly agree. I'm not getting any Carlos Hyde, so I don't even know what his ADP is. I have not buried on the cheat sheet. I want no part of him. I am, getting a, <laughs> I am getting a good amount of Nick Chubb. Let me just see what the ADPs are because, I mean, it seems like Nick Chubb and Carlos Hyde's ADPs at some point should converge, right? I mean – it's er, let's see carlos hyde's adp at this point is 80 as far as the 80 the consensus adps on fantasy pros whereas chubbs is um 109 so that's a that's a kind of interesting little plate kind of a mid-round like maybe back-to-back selections with handcuffs there do you just do it because you know that chubbs eventually going to usurp hyde but you want to have hyde for the start of the season
1: yeah, I mean like Hyde actually, you know, he had almost a thousand yard season last year. You know, just another, I mean
0: dude, and another reason to really like Jarek McKinnon, that, that Carlos Hyde last year was a, was an R B one and he got eighty eight targets and he and he had and he had a great year rushing. And you know, it's just it's 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 hard to see any running back in that in in Shanahan system completely shitting the vet and, and, and failing. But anyway, please continue.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Hyde has had two straight years of almost a thousand yards, you know, and six or more touchdowns. So for me, it's hard to just, you know, kick him to the curb just because Chubb is coming in. And again, whenever one of these rookies is coming in, I tend to want to um, concede to the to the to the veteran who's been doing well. And so again, you know, I think it's you know they're both in situations, both in and the draft where you can you can get them later. People aren't going to be that excited about him, and rightfully so. I mean, they play for the Browns. But I think that Carlos Hyde, you kind of have to give him the benefit of the doubt right now. I think Chubb's a guy. I mean, I mean, I mean, rookie draft is going to be a lot more valuable. But I think that right now, you, 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 if you're taking Hyde, though, you got to take Chubb. If you're taking Chubb, I think there's, I, I mean, it, there's a there's a good reason to take to take Hyde as well.
0: Finally, your last must handcuff player on this list marshawn lynch beast mode who i'm just i I just think i think that this is going to be a disaster with this running game in oakland but you've said that you must handcuff marshawn lynch with none other than doug martin what the hell is this all about trash man
1: well you know what it's all about it's it's their head coach who hates marshawn lynch and he loves Doug Martin apparently.
0: Do you think that Doug Martin in the year of our Lord 2018 can be a decent running back in the National Football League? Oh
1: man. It's hard to say. You know, the years that he's done well, he's done really well. He's at over, you know, he's over 1400 yards in, in each of the seasons that he's done really well, but that seems like once every 3 seasons. But I mean that being the case this is his third season since having a 1400-yard season so maybe he's due
0: That's so cockamani <laughs>